We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always by my host, Nick Bellato. Today, we are here to talk about the things that we're most looking forward to in the Giants' second preseason game against the Carolina Panthers. So, Nick, I want to let you kick this bad boy off. What's what, what's the thing you most want to see in this game? Some competent offensive line play. That's what I would like to see. And I'm going to start because Evan Neal and Andrew Thomas more than likely won't play. And if Andrew Thomas plays, put him out there for two plays and get him the hell off the football field. Yeah. With Ben Bredesen and Josh Azudu. I don't think, as we said, they were terrible. They didn't move the needle at all. And one of those guys is going to be the starting left guard. So I want to see competent play from those two specifically. I want to see John Michael Schmitz maintain the positive trajectory that he displayed in preseason week one. And I want to see some of that tackle depth. Matt Parrott, Corey Cunningham, if he ends up playing. Julian Davenport, who I don't know how many snaps he's going to get. The Giants just signed him. I'm not expecting much from Julian Davenport. I haven't been impressed with his career so far as a former 2017 fourth round selection by the Houston Texans journeyman's been around has ridiculously long arms may have the longest arms of everybody on anybody on the Giants right now they're over 36 inches but I haven't been impressed with the film that I have seen of Julian Davenport but I want to see Tommy DeVito not get murdered and Tyrod Taylor not get slain because the offensive line can't protect them so that's kind of the number one thing I want to see just because it was so egregious in preseason week one Yeah, I think that's a good thing to look out for, and it's going to be a really interesting matchup against the defense that we watched on All-22 film last year. Yes, they have a new coach, and they probably have, and obviously that means they have a new system in there, but at the same time, I still think they're going to have that same aggressive approach given the personnel they have, specifically in their front seven. And so one thing I'm definitely going to be wanting to see in this game is an improvement in the run game. I was a little bit surprised with how inefficient the Giants run game was in week one of the preseason, just given how efficient it was last preseason, how efficient it was for a large parts of the actual 22 season, no matter who it felt like they went to Brightwell, Brita or Barkley, they were getting something going in the run game. That wasn't the case in the first week of preseason. So more specifically for me, Nick, and this goes along the lines of how does that work? Well, me and you both agree. It's mostly offensive line, not, not all, but mostly, but the second part of that is I want to see more out of Eric Gray. And that means he has to be put in better situations by the coaches from a schematic standpoint and by the offensive line, most importantly, from a blocking standpoint. But I want to see Gray's ability in space. I would like to see if the Giants can start to work in Nick. And this starts with Gray because we're not going to see Barkley in this game. I'd like to see if they can start to work in a screen passing game to the running back, something they've really struggled with for 
what feels like forever, but even more specifically, since the rest of the history doesn't matter with past coordinators, with this current staff, with Dable and Kafka, and with the Bobby Johnson running the offensive line, they've really struggled to get those guys out in space and to create something. So I'd like to see Eric Gray utilized a little bit in the screen game and in the passing game overall in this game. And we spoke on this a little bit on the last podcast, taking advantage of match principle type of defenses. The defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers is Ejiro Ivero, I think is how you pronounce it. And he stems from that Vic Fangio tree that runs a lot of quarters match type of defense. I would like to see Tyrod Taylor, you know, it's more specifically Tyrod Taylor than even a Tommy DeVito actually take advantage. If Mike Kafka and Brian Dable decide to really hone in on the defense and maybe call some plays that aren't just their base rudimentary type of playbook and go-to plays, like some, some things that are a little bit more advanced, if they want to go in that direction, actually see some attacking of that specific defensive structure to exploit them. Now, it doesn't have to be anything too elaborate because we don't want Mike Kafka and Brian Dable to tip their hands too much, but I would like to see maybe one deep horizontal cross to Lawrence Cager. It doesn't have to be Darren Waller or something like that. And just on a side note, maybe we should have brought this up at the top of the show, Dan. One drive from the starters, the, the starters that aren't young players, Daniel Jones, have them go for four completed passes of five passes for maybe a touchdown, just get them off the field. No Saquon Barkley, no Dexter Lawrence, no Andrew Thomas, and then maybe some of the uh, other starting wide receivers play like eight snaps or something. That's kind of what I'm hoping for from the first team. Get their toes wet, get them out. Hopefully no injuries, knock on wood. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to look forward to because we want to see something from this first team offense, Daniel Jones specifically, just to see if what we've already experienced in training camp is going to carry over to a live game. And it's preseason, so not going to go crazy about what happens if he's good or bad in preseason. Personally, it doesn't really matter. Remember, he was really, really great his first preseason. And that sort of carried over to the regular season. A few games, he had like three or four really good games, had some really bad games his regular season as a rookie too. Minnesota for sure comes to mind. Um, A few of those other games against the good defenses, but I don't wake too much of it, but I do want to see how Daniel, how, how the offense looks with Daniel Jones at quarterback. And maybe that means Waller gets a couple snaps too. I'm not sure sure if he has any chance of playing in this preseason. I, I would lean if it was up to me, I wouldn't play Waller in the preseason personally, given his injury history, but the giants may view that differently. Um, but even so, even if he just gets Slayton and Hodgins and Campbell, for example, who they, you know, didn't, we didn't get a chance to see just new faces. We haven't had an opportunity to see in the passing game. It'd be cool to see for sure. And like you said, they're not going to really use anything from their playbook. It's going to be some base concepts, but Jones has ran those two with success, especially, you know, last year and in camp as well. So I'd like to see any of that. Same here, man. And then on the rookie front, have them play the first half, like the top ones, Trey Hawkins, Deontay Banks, John Michael Schmitz, get them off the football field after that. And then just, I want to see the, the drumbeat of these back end roster guys that we've acknowledged through the film continue to increase guys, even like Tayshawn Bauer, who I brought up, look, I'm not like, Hey, Tayshawn Bauer needs to make this team, but that's just a player who I was like, ah, that's just going to be a camp cut guy when the Giants signed up. And I was like, maybe not. And I think that edge three spot is something that I'm really paying attention to now. Not that I went into training camp thinking, yeah, O'Shane Zimenez has that locked up after the Giants just brought him in after the draft. Like, yeah, you can come back, whatever. But Damone Fox, Tayshawn Bauer, and Haba Baldonado all can usurp O'Shane Zimenez right now. That That's what at least it seems like. It doesn't seem like O'Shane has that locked down. And I think how those three players operate in space, how they 
fit the run, how they set the edge, and also how they rush the passer are all things that can have them actually earn that role over an O'Shane Zimenez. But I think the main thing is, can they operate in space? Are they athletic enough to do so? Because right. O'Shane is, and we know that Wink Martindale is going to run a lot of simulated pressures where the end man on the line of scrimmage is going to drop to a, either a middle hook zone or he's going to drop to a flat zone. And, and that's just something that the Giants need their edge rushers to be able to do, especially those back-end guys when the Giants do put a smaller pass rushing group out there. Kayvon Thibodeau, Azizo Jolari, and O'Shane. And that's interesting to see because I think O'Shane has a leg up just having the experience on the roster and having played within the system, but it's not a lock. And if the performances continue to look like they did in the first week of the preseason, that's when you start to, even in this game, if that happens again, if it repeats itself, you know, another great game from Fox, Baldonado once again impresses. That's when you start to consider like if the Giants might go in a different direction because it's not like they're that financially tied to O'Shane. And I want to see those players get some snaps against Carolina's twos and not just their yes. threes and their fours, because right. that's where they were doing their damage. And O'Shane had to go up against the number ones of the of the Detroit Lions or whoever was out there for their number ones. And O'Shane also had a had a pressure on the fourth and one. It took him a little bit to get the Nate Sudfeld, but Nate Sudfeld had to throw that ball while getting hit. The ball was optimally placed. It was just dropped because Jason Pinnock punched it out. I want to see those four players go up against offensive tackles that aren't just going to be unemployed in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's, a, and that's why I think it's important to maybe get Baldonado an occasional rep with the first team, whatever is considered the first team in this game. Cause yeah. they're not going to play a lot of starters. And the same goes obviously for Tillman Fox, who's almost guaranteed to get that. And speaking of what you just discussed an offshoot of what you discussed, that's what I'm really most looking forward to Nick. It's the giants young defenders who were who played a lot in the first preseason game and yet still may have a major role in the priest in the regular season that means Deontay Banks that means um Trey Hawkins and that means Jason Pinnock to be more specific those are the three that really you know you can throw Tomon Fox into it but quite honestly if everything's going right Tomon Fox isn't playing that much in the regular season go Mike ahead too. Mike and Mike McFadden. McFadden throw him in there as well those four I don't know how much Beavers will play, but we'll see. And just based yeah. on how they're kind of slow playing him, but at least those four for sure: Hawkins, Banks, Pinnock, and McFadden. I want to see how they look against a much tougher unit because you know what's going to happen, which we're lucky to get in this game, Nick. The Carolina Panthers need to get Bryce Young reps, so they're going to play that Bryce Young unit a lot more than than the than the Lions play. Like last week, we talked about, oh my God, Banks looks so good. Oh my God, Hawkins looks so good. Oh my God, Pinnock looks so good. But they were going against some really bad receivers with the exception of Jamison Williams, right? Like it was Jamison Williams and nothing. And Laporta was out there. But rookie tight end never, you know, year one rookie tight end doesn't usually make an impact. Williams was out there. Now we're going to potentially get to see a real quarterback, not Nate Sudfeld, Bryce Young, Jonathan Mingo, maybe. DJ Chark might play with that unit. Honestly, they're probably going to play all the starters they want to play in the regular season with Young in this game because they want to build that rapport between Young and those receivers. They're not going to be shy about that. I think we're going to get a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half, potentially up to two quarters. I wouldn't be surprised if, if Carolina plays Bryce Young in his first team unit with the exception of Miles Sanders. They obviously probably won't play Miles. You don't want to play at running back, but the receivers and Bryce for the entirety of the first half, that wouldn't shock me, Nick. And that's going to give us a much better barometer of where Trey Hawkins is at, where Deontay Banks is at, where Pinnock and where McFadden are at. What about Kayvon and Aziz? They didn't play in preseason week one. I don't want to see any. <laughs> I hope they okay. don't play. 
<laughs> yes. Let's get, like I said, let's get Baldonado, Bauer, and all them. Those. What I mean, like with edge rushers, it's like there's just so much more downside. There's it's such a physical position to play. Like, do I want to see Kayvon Thibodeau setting an edge in the preseason? No. Do I want to see some fullback coming around and cutting at his leg in the preseason? No. And what does he lose by not playing him? I don't know if anything, like, I just don't know, like the matchups that he's going to face in week one against the Cowboys aren't really going to be determined by him getting reps. Like he's still going to, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't feel that yeah. you may have a better idea on this and a different opinion with edge. I don't an edge and interior defensive line. I just don't feel like I need that right now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Nick, you ever been in the spot where you just felt like, I've got a few hours to go. I'm going to this game. I'm buying tickets. I don't have the tickets yet. You're stressing. The anxiety is at an all-time high. You're trying to figure out what the heck you can do to get to this game. That happened to me a few years ago when the Wisconsin Badgers made the Sweet 16 game in the Madison Square Garden. My dad, diehard Badgers fan, the reason I went to Wisconsin, the reason I am a Badgers fan, I needed to get him tickets for that game. It was his birthday. So I'm stressing. I don't know what to do. And then, boom, I figure it out. I use the GameTime app. The GameTime app is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and anything near you. They got killer deals, last-minute tickets. You click open the app, and you're shocked to see that you can actually go to these games having a good time and not actually have to pay so much money that it breaks your bank account. Stanley Cup final week one this past season. I used the game time app last second. It was actually past the time of puck drop. Went on the app. I was in Vegas, saw the Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Florida Panthers. And I also used the game time app to buy my entire family when they came out here to Phoenix to visit me to see Tom Segura's special, which is actually the same special Netflix used for their videotapings. And I love it because you can find so much on the app. Like you get an actual image of the seat view, not like you're buying a seat with an obstructed view. It's an actual image. You know what you're getting. Lowest prices that I've seen by far, and that's their guarantee. You get event cancellation protection, job loss protection. They go all out here to make sure that this is a great experience for the user.
Snag the tickets without the stress of, with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code BANTER. That's B A N T E R for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code BANTER, B A N T E R, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I agree with you last week because the Detroit Lions and the Giants had those joint practices. Now, since the Giants don't have any more joint practices at all, I'm wondering how Brian Dable, Wink Martindale, and Mike Kafka are going to handle that from a rep allocation standpoint. Are they yeah. going to put Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau out there? Ideally, I, I kind of agree with you, which is kind of a 180 for me because I feel like last year I was like, no, you know, you got to get out there and get their feet wet. But I, I really don't want these guys to get injured. I think there is a lot of – there is value, I will say, to putting them out there, but there's a lot of risk that comes with that value. And we learned that last year in preseason. Right. I think it was week two against the Cincinnati Bengals when Kayvon Thibodeau got cut by Thad Moss. And I understand why they played him then. He's a rookie. They want yes. him to get those reps. It's different now in year two. It has to be different. And, yes, there is definitely upside to have these guys playing. But that upside to me is so far outweighed by the downside, which is the injury. Because remember, these games are worth nothing. You get nothing for winning preseason games. Nothing matters outside of the people battering, battling for roster spots. In the reality of the situation, you know, like if Darius Slayton goes out there with Daniel Jones and catches an 80-yard touchdown in the first play, that's awesome. It's cool. But ultimately, it's not as important as the battle between Baldonado and whoever he's battling to get on the roster spot. That's more reps, more plays, more, more meaning than a touchdown early on. I think there's going to be at least maybe one of these preseason games. So it could happen on this week or this week, or it could happen against the Jets where they actually go out there with their full team minus probably Leonard Williams, Zizo Jolari, Darren Waller, and Saquon Barkley, and maybe yes. Andrew Thomas. So that means we might see 97 out there. We might see Dexter Lawrence out there. I don't necessarily want that, but from a coach's perspective, they could be like, hey, let's just give them a series and let's get them out there. And I just hope they right. escape that not healthy. And if they decide to not go in that direction, I want these young players to get those snaps. And that includes players who are going to be fixtures on the defense and on the offense. Like, not really Daniel Bellinger as much, but maybe Lawrence Cager. And then more so the Dane Beltons on the defensive side. I want to see those players operate in a variety of different roles that they would not inhabit when the season rolls around. Give him the green dot to see if he can handle that responsibility. He's a very cerebral and smart guy. We've heard Dane Belton and we've seen Dane Belton operate well in the box from depth handle a bunch of different responsibilities, maybe get his feet really wet, just get him absolutely saturated in water and see what he can handle during the preseason. Because a guy like Dean Belton to me, Bobby McCain doesn't need that. He's a veteran. Right. Dean Belton's a second-year player, spent a lot of last season injured. Even when he was healthy, quote-unquote, he was dealing with an injury. I think Dean Belton, from a safety perspective, other than maybe Jason Pinnock and obviously not Xavier McKinney, Dean Belton has so much upside. And if he can actually man the slot for you, that just gives you, as we've said, more options. And I just think he's an excellent middle zone defender who yes. can sway games and can then lead to Giants winning games just by causing turnovers. It's just what he does. He's around the football very often. Yeah, I was just look at recency. Like this dude has just had an interception in the preseason game had a forced fumble that he recovered himself in the joint practices against David Montgomery in the Lions. And then in practice on a day where Daniel Jones is lighting it up, the one mistake Jones made was a pick six to none other than Dane Belton. Like I talked about this in the past on Talking Giants podcast. He was one of my favorite picks to be a sleeper slash breakout, whatever you want to call it. But I'm with you. I would I didn't include him earlier, but I would like to see some meaningful snaps with Belton against the Bryce Young unit. To me, it's all about what do I see against the Bryce Young unit? Once the Panthers go to that second, third unit, 
it is what it is, Nick. We've had our discussions about this in the past, how, how much meaningful that is. It does mean a lot to these guys who are fighting for their lives and trying to make these rosters. But for the Giants 2023 season, it doesn't, in my opinion, mean all that much. Hopefully, I mean, if it does, it means you got a rash of injuries that have just devastated your team. And at that point, like you're probably screwed anyway. But the Bryce Young unit, whoever is playing against that Bryce Young unit, those are real reps. Those are big time reps. Bryce Young will be starting this year. And I think Bryce Young will probably be like one of the 20 best quarterbacks in the NFL this year, maybe 25. I stretch it a little bit, but there's going to be some a bad quarterback play that he's immediately going to be better than. Hey, has Frank Reich leading him. Frank Reich is a brilliant right. offensive mind. So that's a great place to start. I want to stay in the secondary. So I love the idea, and Wink Martindale said this. He wants to get his best three corners on the field, and his best three corners right now is Adoree Jackson, Deontay Banks, and Trey Hawkins. So a little bit, not I don't want to say it was an overt slight at Darnay Holmes or Cordell Flott, but he's telling it like it is. Who is rising above everybody else in camp? And honestly, just observing everything, that's the obvious answer. It's Trey Hawkins over those other players. But there could be a back-end roster spot behind Flott and Darnay Holmes. If Darnay Holmes makes a team, that's a whole other discussion. That could be available at the cornerback position. Aaron Robinson is on the pup. Let's exclude him. Who is that last cornerback to seize that? Because I think you and I, we went into training camp thinking it was Amani Oruwarie. I'm not so certain about that now. Yeah, I'm not so certain about that either. He's had a really quiet training camp, uh, almost down, down training camp to a point, to a point of just not getting much buzz at all. That opens up something interesting. And you know why it's most interesting to me, Nick? Because we've already seen this coaching staff and this general manager be willing to just be like, I don't care what the initial plan was at corner. I'm trying different bodies out there. And it's working sometimes. Like last year with Nick McLeod. Last year with... um Fabian Moreau. And then this year now with Trey Hawkins and his immediate rise, like they are not afraid. I think Wink's kind of cool in that regard. He's just like, get out there, play my system. My system is man heavy. <laughs> so I'm really going to get to see if you're going to throw you right into the fire. And I'm really going to get to va see valuable reps if, if it matters. So I think sometimes corners can get a little hidden in these zone based schemes and a little, and it's like, if you're running that Fangio, Fangio style system, some corners that are good in that system are not going to be great in every system, in my opinion. Not all, but some. But when you're running this type of system, like you're really throwing these guys out there in the fire and you get to see their man covered skills almost immediately. So I am, that's a good point. Like I think the back end of that cornerback depth chart is probably a lot more fluid than people realize. If I had to bet on one, because it comes down to Amani Oruwarie, Zion Gilbert, or UDFA from last year, Rodarius Williams, a six round pick from 2021 out of Oklahoma State, who had a really hot training camp and then kind of fell off after his injuries, and Darren Evans, who was a UDFA out of LSU last year, a very long player, and then Jamon Green, a UDFA out of Michigan. I would like to think it's Oruwarie with his experience with turnovers. I know he's not a, a perfectly polished player, but I just thought we would hear more about him through training camp, and it didn't seem like he was getting any valuable reps. He played, I think, exclusively with the second team, if I'm not mistaken, which isn't a surprise because the Giants have those young cornerbacks. So I'm trying to suss through. Was it just because the Giants wanted to get their young cornerbacks a lot of snaps together against the Lions' quote-unquote first team, or is Imani O on the same playing field with, let's say, a Zion Gilbert? And I'm just not really certain right now. Yeah, that's a great point, and that's something we'll, we'll have to find out throughout the rest of the preseason. All right, that's all we have for today on the Big Blue Banter Podcast. These are the things we're lo most looking forward to seeing in this Giants' second preseason game. Just to give you guys a little bit of a heads up, just like last week, there will be no immediate reaction to the Giants' preseason game. That may happen in the third or fourth game. Or Sorry, there's only three this year now, in these past two years. That may happen after the third game to be determined. Um, and the film breakdowns will probably do again, offense and defense. I know a lot of you said you like that. 
it will be probably coming a day or two later as Nick has a family wedding this weekend that he's actually traveling for. So we are accounting for that as well. Um, so, and last weekend it was a similar situation where I was just not able to do it uh, that night of. So we did it Saturday, um, the day after. So be on the lookout, I would say around Sunday for that, maybe Monday, Sunday or Monday for those, for those film reviews. But otherwise, have a great rest of your week and we'll talk to you soon.